0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Sparrowcast. And we have Mickey Allen with us today. He's a CTO and founder of Gainsight PX. He can be described as a serial entrepreneur passionate about designing, building, and launching innovative products that drive business outcomes. He's a co-author of Mastering Product Experience in SaaS. He was a DVP previously at Marketo, leading a global engineering team. And he is here with us today to share his insights on how can customer success marketing and product partners create a growth engine welcome to the show mickey we are so happy that you agreed to be a part of this i'm super excited thank you and uh, thank you for having me all right so without any further ado let's begin our session over to you mickey
1: so in the session today we wanted to talk about how can customer success marketing and product can really partner to create a growth engine and how it ties to today's uh, COVID-19 and the things we are seeing in the market. So first, let's describe what is product-led growth. Um, In essence, it's a powerful strategy that relies on product usage as primary vehicle to customer acquisition, retention, and expansion, that we all care about so much in these days. And it really introduces a powerful strategy that uh, can disrupt a business model or the traditional marketing-led business model. So to start with, I want to first touch on how, why the economic volatility is becoming a catalyst to product growth strategy. So today in unpredictable world, um, the sustainability and profitability is becoming very, very important. In the past, and I've built a couple of uh, different companies, and I've been part of uh, public companies. In the past, uh, you will be, you're able to get funding as long as you can, uh, prove you can grow. So, growth at all costs was very, very common. We've seen major uh, investments of multi billion dollar investments into companies that shown growth but were not efficient. And uh, today's world where the, the efficiency metrics, the the basically the margin uh, and the cost of your growth is taking into consideration and going to affect the valuation of the company. So, we can see here how the uh, revenue multiple is affected by the the revenue growth and and the margin uh, growth uh, every year. So that's something that we should definitely take a look on. There are ways to optimize uh, the cost of growth, the cost of customer acquisition, and those major metrics in SaaS. So we've gathered a recent survey about the top uh, SaaS priorities at C-level. We do see that there's a flip between uh, driving new logo sales, which is growth, towards preventing churn. There's definitely a strong prioritization to say, hey, and it's very natural uh, when the uncertainty happens, you're trying to, uh, first of all, to sustain and to uh, make sure that you're taking care of the basics uh, of your business and of your families and friends. Uh, We can also see in the middle, very interesting trend that increasing product adoption and understanding product usage is quite high. So it becomes that the product is taking center stage uh, uh, towards those two, uh, I think, uh, uh, edges that we're seeing here. And we're going ex- uh, to try to explain why do we see this phenomena. So if I look at uh, the traditional uh, marketing playbook, and uh, which is describing the, the, the B2B customer journey that we see today. Um, number one thing thing we can see is really uh, the marketing playbook playbook says that um, the buying intent is based on the digital body body language that you're presenting uh, on the top of funnel Uh, so it might be a landing page or a white paper download which is great uh, indication to uh, understand what you're interested in but not necessarily a strong indication of your buying intent Um, what happens is You can also see that the customer acquisition cost uh, is increasing all the time. We are in the renaissance of, uh, of startups. So many new startups are growing exponentially. Um, and that increases competition. So customer acquisition cost is going up. And again, it's going to influence the way your company can grow. Um, and then. It takes your customers, if you look at the discrete handoff that they go through, and eventually they're trying to understand and experience value with your offering, with your product, it takes them a lot of time to get there. They go through the uh, different organization and and, uh, deliverables, like uh, the marketing uh, content, then they'll meet the the sales team, uh, and then uh, I would say they might do a POC or a trial, it takes them weeks to really realize value. Uh, and they do feel that you know the discrete the handoff between those different teams. Uh, and, and that is basically leading to a very long sales cycle, and which is also affecting the, the sustainability, for sustainability of our business. So if you look at uh, customer acquisition, and if we think about also revenue and realizing revenue, we want to optimize that. And we also look at the customer experience aspect Uh, I'm not sure that's the ultimate customer experience at the moment. So product-led growth is also um, a new customer journey uh, that is led by your product as well. So in this scenario, we see cross teams, we see the marketing team, for example, driving signups, speaking about the features and uh, differentiation, uh, speaking about pain points that the product can solve. To drive those signups. And their goal is to make sure that you're realizing value very quickly by leading with the product. And another thing we see is the product team is taking um, uh, part of that early customer acquisition effort. So it means that they're gonna prioritize towards usability, time to value, and making sure that the first experience uh, is the best they can deliver, because also the buyer wants to understand what's the cost of acquisition, what's the uh, the total cost of ownership to actually buy your product. Um, And in this scenario, we also have another data for for understanding the buyer intent. We have, for example, the concept of PQL, the product qualified leads, as opposed to MQL, the marketing qualified leads. And this new concept is tied to the, the leads we're seeing, but the lead is becoming a trial user. And we also want to look at what type of pain point uh, led to their sign up. It might be a paid media, it might be a white paper. But now we also want to monitor their intent inside the product. What are they trying to achieve? What are the use cases that are trying to build with the the product they're in during the trial? So the product qualified leads give you a stronger intent to uh, you just can see how frequently they use the product you can definitely understand quickly, this is a, an active PLC, a decision is about to be made, and you can act on that. So this is the, why PQLs are becoming a very valuable uh, metric to, to uh, measure in a PLG strategy. Um, and also, if you look about, again, the customer acquisition cost, we're making this uh, journey much faster, much more scalable. Uh, we are not you know, taking the customer through a lot of uh, nurturing just on top of funnel. We try to accelerate them, realizing value inside the product, and the messaging to them will be pain and solution-driven before and during the, the POC. Uh, the other element which is uh, is important is really reducing the onboarding expenses. Because uh, usually, again, in the, in the marketing-led world, there's a lot of uh, uh, onboarding cost associated and very kind of heavy lifting. In this scenario, we're letting the product do the heavy lifting uh, with in product messaging, with uh, guided tours, with knowledge bases. We're trying to have the customer on board uh, almost as a, a self-serve model, uh, if we can, and just minimizing that cost. And we are also trying to accelerate the, the sales cycle to reduce uh, the sales cycle to be minimum because at the point that the trial ends, we are trying to push for, for a decision. So as we said before, like the, in the age of the customer, much of the customer experience happens within the product. You should look at the product as a conduit to your users. Uh, it's the value that they experience. It's actually the way they uh, perceive your brand as well. Um, you can no longer just rely on brand awareness. You need to deliver the product experience expected, and that will also go back will go back to your brand uh, um, recognition. Uh, as, a, as a high value and high quality uh, services versus poor value. So why product exp- experience matters um, is really aligning also the business model with the customer expectation. Even an enterprise buyer expect to try and evaluate the, the solution before they try because they know uh, that they have a very specific set of uh, goals to achieve and they have may- maybe a, they have a specific requirements they need to comply with. So they actually want to make sure that what they selected is gonna deliver the value that they're expecting for. Um, And also we've seen another phenomenon that the buyers prefer to self-educate and be self-sufficient when they do uh, try your product. Um, It is uh, an indication for them how easy it is and what's the total cost of ownership that should be with your product. Um, So eventually a good trial experience Uh, leads to a a, a brand trust and a faster decision. Because if I'm able to drive the car, so to speak, um, I'm able to uh, evaluate the experience, I can take a safer decision versus just seeing videos and seeing someone from your company just demoing the product. Um, And then also time to value uh, is is important. So a better product experience should be focused on accelerating time to value and reducing the ROI for customers. Um, and then if you think about scale, uh, and we've seen this slide before, that is, you, you, you saw companies that they need to hire more and more sales and customer success and support just to support growth. We are trying to optimize that. Product growth and product experience are trying to say, hey, you should have better ratio between a customer success uh, or, or uh, product marketing towards the number of customers you have. Yeah, You want to optimize it with technology, and especially uh, during the adoption and onboarding stages. And if you look at course functional uh, um, elements, so first, it's a cultural change when we try to absorb uh, or adopt uh, product by growth. Um, and it's really about endorsing customer value. And in Gainsight, we definitely want to put the customer in the center of everything. So if you look at the product teams, Uh, building the experience and and time to value. And it's all about really um, um, delivering that through the product. And customer success teams wanna help the customer achieve their outcome and be more strategic and not necessarily uh, onboard them or uh, be a support person. Uh, And sales wanna see how can they differentiate and position your product and and understand the the, uh, customer experience and learn about the customer needs from the usage and, and from sticking with your customers, um, and then being able to upsell or cross-sell the right solution. And marketing teams also needs to learn about the, uh, the differentiation uh, to be able to stand out and drive those uh, sign-up and growth to the product. So if you look at just uh, the different teams and different goals um, and how can they collaborate better, uh, So the product team can really participate and and build this go-to-market motion when it means that you want to lead or assist with your product. um, And you want to make sure that uh, if you offer trials and POCs, that experience is seamless, scalable, uh, and accelerates time to value, which will lead to uh, the benefits of customer acquisitions, uh, uh, customer acquisition costs, and uh, and other elements. So they do need to prioritize roadmap for growth. It means that looking at the first mile of product, understanding how customers using the product to be able to deliver better roadmap to them and also look at the metrics like uh, the basic metrics like daily active users and customer lifetime value, but also valuable metrics as key features and value being tracked and using data to drive their decision. On the marketing side uh, is really driving signups uh, and really nurture with relevant content based on the use cases that uh, the prospect is trying to achieve. And as an example, many B2B platforms have different personas and different use cases they're solving. So marketing needs to tune to that, tie the pain point to the persona, to experience and help nurturing with the right webinars and content. Um, And sales can really look at the... uh, PQL element of, uh, of the trial when they do see the type of customers and the way they use the product they can be way more uh, efficient, um, and uh, build that relationship and trust with the customer and help them achieve uh, the goal and understand their strategy. And this is where customer success comes in. Um, they want to, um, design an outcome driven process, uh, basically being more strategic also in gain set as a customer success. Our customer cloud type of company, we are trying to build a a long-term strategic uh, uh, workflow or uh, process to help you really be successful and achieve the outcome uh, with the the product you just bought. And obviously customer success will uh, lean towards uh, churn prevention and renewals. And we all know that the best cure for churn is actually adoption. So I'm going to go through five steps to creating a product-like growth strategy to help you get started, even if you're a B2B platform. Uh, this is something that's very, very doable. And we said that the first thing is really to put the data at the center of the organization to help the, the move the business forward. So if you look at the data, um, number one thing is really to define your North Star metric, uh, which is representing the, the, the value that your product is delivering. Uh, to your customers and the shareholders. In B2B, it's not a trivial task to set the north star metric. Um, eventually, you want to capture the value, the outcome the product delivers. Uh, it needs to be tied to the product vision and long-term strategy. What are you trying to be the best at? Uh, in B2C, it might be uh, easier to define. In B2B, you have different uh, elements to consider, uh, but you want to make sure that you're positioning towards a long-term strategy as well. Um, and then you also want to make sure that again, using data, you can see leading indicator and lagging indi- indicator for adoption and revenue and growth. So if I look at the pyramid, there's basic uh, metrics you want to always look at uh, that is are the basic sentiment, the NPS and CS or core features being used, uh, and the daily and monthly active users, but also measuring the new features you just build uh, the new users coming into your product and obviously uh, keeping your eye on the revenue we spoke about sustainability this is very very important to be able to uh, make sure that you're building the right feature to the right audience and and the revenue is actually aligned Uh, number two is creating frictionless user onboarding uh, using tech touch or uh, balancing between high touch and and sort of service so one of the tips is really uh, first, capturing the user profile of your ideal customer profile. So you want to understand who they are. Uh, It might be the role, admin, designer, uh, a marketing person, because that is going to be an indicator and and help you understand how they use the product, as opposed to not knowing who the, the role is or what the user is trying to achieve. Also, looking at the stage, if you look at the data, in onboarding, they're gonna to try to achieve quick wins as opposed to build something strategic. So if you have that as part of your data, uh, when you analyze their usage, that's something very, very important. And also entitlement, what type of features or a package they actually bought um, uh, that also gonna lead the way you're gonna take decision and optimize their journey, and also uh, understand their objectives. What are they trying to achieve right now in the trial if you're trying to really help growth and you want to optimize the pocs mapping the persona to the outcome and entitlement and really making sure that journey uh, is smooth and easy uh, that's going to drive a lot of success when you do build the product you want to have the the um, self-serve mindset it means that starting from provisioning uh you just allow people to sign up for some b2b this is not trivial Uh, afraid to open the gate i think that um, if you have that mindset you're building the product to self-provision and and start tracking what they do is something that is going to help you really uh, mature into a a better experience in the product you don't have to build from day one i've seen customers that uh, just uh, have this trial uh, form the trial starts and then even manually they provision or they might ask you for some discovery question before they provision but having that door and then making that easier to go in is very, very important. And then you can start driving signups to experience value. Eventually, if I uh, sign up and I'm able to understand what your product is doing uh, through the feature, through the data, or through in-app experience, it might be even the video inside, that's the outcome you're trying to achieve. You've earned the first point. You're saying, oh, the customer now understands what they can achieve with my product even before they implement the entire platform or the, the solution you're offering. Also, you want to focus on accelerating time to value. You want to accelerate the first point of uh, the aha moment, the first point of value for customers, so they understand what you uh, what you can deliver. They have a if you're gonna allow a better experience and are able to see how they can reach that value. Um, That's gonna accelerate the sales cycle and gonna also uh, build a trust with your brand um so again sometimes in in roadmap prioritization you want to focus on the time to value it might be a young startup it also might be a very mature uh, company that time to value is critical why because we also realize that customer will evaluate sometimes based on that they have 30 days to to take a decision or sometimes just a week to take a decision and they need to choose from five different vendors so time to value will give you a very strong positioning and I've built a couple of solutions before and the time to value was the number one focus because I knew that uh, I need to show as quickly as possible why they should choose my solution and why is it better. So measuring that is very, very important and prioritizing usability feature for that is very important as well. Um, we have a different tactics to nurture you when you start evaluating features or uh, even throughout the customer life cycle. You're, there's a lot of releases, we're building a lot of features but eventually we're not always looking that uh, these features are being adopted. So feature activation is one tactic to say, hey, uh, you've been using feature A, it's actually the right time to use feature B. You can also learn from the data, where do they drop off and what should I offer as next best, best uh, feature? And again, if we think, think about it, if you map the, the persona to the journey that you expect them to take, the value journey, uh, the feature activation is though, those subtle uh, in-app uh, guidance you can offer for them to understand and use the next best feature. And we're seeing, you know, many companies do that, uh, like like Google, like uh, Adobe, and others, basically nurturing you and making sure you get you uh, they raise they raise the awareness of these features. Uh, and increase the discoverability of these uh, golden features. And also, uh, you want to collect the customer effort score. Again, once you release a new feature, uh, understand how uh, that user is actually feeling about that feature and what's the usability ratio for that. Um, Just to give you some examples, like we know that uh, for feature activation to drive the aha moment as you sign up, or so in, in Asana, it might be that Initial initial value might mean just creating a new project and task in Zoom obviously is, is uh, uh, doing the first uh, video conferencing or even webinar uh, or Expensify and so forth. So having that messaging and, and really guiding that using technology is something you can do. Um, then you can gain scale with regards to uh, time to value from your customers, they will find more intuitive and you don't need to, just apply um, a lot of support and success just to get them to the initial value. Um, we also uh, advise to really build a checklist or uh, more strategic steps that they wanna uh, take as part of the onboarding. Uh, customers are more uh, receptive to uh, what are you as a vendor recommend to, for me to actually take and how can I orient myself and serve serve myself uh, with a personalized uh, um, assistant, which can be uh, even in-app guides I can trigger, or I can search up your knowledge base. Uh, Those many data points that can help me achieve my goal right now, because in B2B, you know, we're always busy, and we want to make sure that we're learning quickly and, we're, and, and self-sufficient. So having that assistance with regards to knowledge bases, with regards to in-app guidance is really helpful to drive that uh, time to value uh, forward. So number three is really focusing on product adoption. Uh, As we said, it's uh, understanding, uh, obviously you wanna first reach product market fit. If you're a young company, uh, you wanna learn about how the product can uh, deliver value, retain and differentiate and grow. So this is a very important uh, data uh, analytics to look at retention analysis. It means that from signups, how many are coming back? How sticky is my product? I I should see that the line from sign up and returning should be flat o- over time. And in B2B, it should be above 35% returning, which is a good indicator of, uh, of usage and stickiness of my product. I can also learn about other uh, elements, but the number one thing is, is my product rich product market fit? Are customers frequently using it? Um, and what's my window of opportunity that I need to engage? If I had a um, 100% sign up, how how fast should I react or respond to these uh, uh, customers to deliver value. Moving forward is really tracking when you map the value and the journey that your customer need to be taking. Uh, for example, again, per persona, you have the outcome and value they need to achieve within the first adoption uh, or during onboarding. So you want to identify friction points uh, at the customer journey and mapping your customer flow is really important. And understanding the, the feature usage flow uh, and whether they actually drop off. So you can visually see that. You can actually uh, understand how a user is using your product, uh, whether it's uh, the, the first sign-up and experience or maybe you just launch a new feature. You want to learn how customers are using it and are they confused um, and then whether they go after they use the feature. And eventually, eventually, the key use cases is really from onboarding to aha moment of the product. Uh, supporting your product launch or feature releases, uh, and in many cases, UX, usability analysis when they want to really focus on, on time to value as well. So very, very important uh, uh, path analysis to, to learn. Also, when you build those features, it's really important to create the release experience. It's not just enough to collect those requirements and deliver and just build more features, you want to make sure that customers are aware. And uh, one way is just to send emails to them, but we understand that the response rate and open rate are pretty low, but the best way is really as they are in your product, you want to raise the awareness. Here's my next the new release. Here's w- why you should look at it by, by value. Um, and here's what's coming. Um, and also then uh, apply tactics to like feature activation. So in the moment, you're going to sh- show them the relevant uh, elements. And we need to understand that in B2B, uh, it's not just I'm showing you a feature, you're gonna use it right now, I need to nurture you towards the goal. So it's very important to start understanding the mindset of your customer, which is they need to learn about the product, there's a learning curve for them, and you need to nurture them through that messaging to help them achieve the objective they're trying to achieve. Um, and then you'll be able to monetize on your product investment because you're building those features for a reason. Number four it's really enable the closed loop feedback, um, I would say this is a very, very important data point. As we said before, putting the data at the center of the organization to really help dive business, one of the very major data point is the customer feedback. Uh, so I think uh, being a customer uh, um, obsessed is important uh, and as an entrepreneur uh, and all the product leaders, I believe uh, the number one satisfaction we get is really to get uh, the right feedback and that we have built the right thing um, and, Always when you're building uh, new features, there's an art and science. Uh, once the feature matures, it becomes more and more data play. But for new features, uh, you want to learn f- faster. And you need to learn also another tip is really the, the speed of learning is very, very important. So how can you make sure that what you're building, the new feature you just built, is going to be successful? And how can you, uh, and, and we've had, I've been a part of uh, Marketo, we had uh, 6,000 customers, uh, a lot of users using Marketo even today, how can I make sure that I'm delivering the right feature at the right time and then scale it uh, without changing uh, and, and so forth. So, We've built a, a, a mechanism to really uh, first test out the experiment group and get the feedback. I think the feedback is really uh, helping you understand the why behind the what, because customers as humans will give you that feedback. And there's many ways to collect feedback, again, if it's a new feature or your core features. Um, On the right side, you can see Atlassian, for example, if you go and and just use issues in JIRA, they wanna understand this core feature. What do you feel about that? What's uh, what's your score and can you tell us why? Uh, So it's a very effective CES type of campaign to start understanding how you feel about this specific feature. And you wanna measure critical features uh, that you've built for your customer. And again, the biggest advice is map the persona through their journey, and then ask them along the way about core features that you expect them to adopt. Um, and then there's other types of feedback which are more global, for example, like NPS and CSAT. that is uh, and different algorithms to kind of give you the sentiment for the, these customers. And NPS, I would say, is, is more a customer company level satisfaction. Uh, the services, the product, all together, they'll give you a score and you'll be able to uh, distinguish between detractors, passive and promoters um, and really see where you are at the uh, higher level uh, uh, score. So number five is really focusing on customer outcome. And I'm gonna finish with uh, with with this is basically, uh, we are used to delivering more features and every time we're coming to, whether it's a board meeting or uh, the the monthly meeting is like how many features uh, did you deliver? And I think we should switch the mindset towards uh, outcome dri- driven than feature centric. It's not the number of features we delivered, it's actually the value it helps drive. Obviously we know that more features, too many features are gonna end up in complexity. So be very diligent about what is the journey that I'm trying to achieve? What is the persona I'm optimizing for? Let me always put the uh, investment bucket to make sure that usability for that outcome is helping and collecting that feedback and measuring the data. Uh, will help you a lot in that uh, achieving that goal Um, so to to finish up i would say that uh, the 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 biggest uh, strategic uh, advice would be really putting the customer at the center Uh, i think it aligns with product growth customers want to uh, trust your brand by trying your product they want they do appreciate fast time to value they do appreciate uh, usability Uh, so putting the customer at the center, providing a, a consumer-grade experience to what they're trying to achieve is going to help you. And also focusing on the stage of the customer. During onboarding, I'm not an expert with your product. Do not message me new releases and new features. In onboarding, I'm trying to achieve uh, the basic goals. In adoption, it's, a, it's all the, the plays really to take me from point A to point B to point C and towards a strategic outcome. Try to avoid just uh, measuring uh, MAU and just basic features. You want to measure value that I'm, tr- I'm getting from your product. So number of logins can be great, but if I'm using like low value features, they're not going to sustain me. And adoption is the, the cure for retention and growth. So mapping the each stage, goals, type of metrics, and also collaborating with the team uh, if it's from product marketing to product management, customer success, uh, and sales, gonna create that strategy around it. What are the KPIs we're trying to achieve? How do we measure uh, the health of the customer and the product? And how do we prioritize uh, our roadmap to drive that outcome in a more consistent way? That is for for now, and I'm happy to uh, take some questions.
0: Uh, that was truly an amazing session, Mickey. I had a lot of questions in between, but pretty much your presentation has uh, covered most part of it. So I'm sure that our audience also to appreciates the insights and thoughts you just shared with us. So let me just quickly summarize the key takeaways from this session today. So first one would be prioritizing the requests from different teams and going the north star. Uh, second one would be focus on customer outcome. Uh, third one would be enable closed looped feedback. Fourth one would be focus on product adoption. And fifth one would be create frictionless onboarding. And uh, Miki, and once again, thanks for your time and for sharing your thoughts on this topic. And we shall see you again in the next Sparrowcast. Thank you.
1: Pleasure to be here. Thank you very much for having me.